Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swaff Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? I'm doing okay. Hot off a weekend of wrestling. Well, and you had a long weekend as well. You went in the office yesterday. Yeah, that was nice. Well, today feels like Monday. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. Because <laughs> I worked, uh, you know, did Wrestle Kingdom the previous weekend. I thought, hey... I might start trying to take days back this year. Yeah, take your actual days in lieu. I ended up only taking about 11 days of holiday last year. <gasps> which is You for- told Laurie and Pete off for doing that and made them take time off over Christmas when we actually needed them here. Well, that, well that's because for, for employees and stuff, sure. That what they need to take their holiday, otherwise I have to pay. <laughs> I have to be like, okay, right, you didn't take these holidays. Or, or you carry stuff over yeah. and it's a nightmare. For me... I'll just take it on the chin. Oh, mate. Just get in the trenches. But I, I suppose... Uh, it's not good for your mental well-being. American, American people don't seem to get holiday. From me watching the US office, anyone ever taking holiday appears to be a rare thing. Mm. It's also not real. The US office? Yeah. <laughs> it's a documentary, <laughs> Luke. You're going to look pretty silly. Anyway... How did I start? Yes. So it took a day in Lou, had a three-day weekend, and I'd say 80% of it, I felt like crap because I was so hungover after Friday night. Okay, so let's so to backtrack there, you mm. had a day off on Monday, but you were hungover from Friday. Still didn't feel right this morning. Wow. That's Guinness a and wine. big old hangover. What I was know. it? What? Guinness and wine? Guin- I, th- I, was gonna th- I thought you said innocence wine for a second then. No, and I was no, about no, to say, no, no, no. that's not right. There's nothing innocent about that night. Mixing Guinness and wine. What were you thinking? Uh, I wasn't thinking. Well, clearly. Uh, uh, what the, the co-op was out of Guinness, so I, I grabbed a bottle of Blossom Hill. <laughs> Sponsors of friends. Yeah, and uh, I knocked it back, having a good time. And then we went to a uh, bowling alley, karaoke room, arcade 
dance hall hybrid, mm-hmm. and I just drank a lot there. Because they actually had Guinness there. Yeah, and got back so around So you started four. with the wine. Yes. So, no, because it's wine before beer. Have fear. And you completely ignored that I rhyme. Know, I know. Well, I, I watched Food Unwrapped. You ever watched that show? No. It's a Channel 4 show. I don't watch TV. Food. And apparently they, they, they bust myths, and they busted that myth anecdotally. <laughs> I, I think it's true. I was about to say, yeah. Anyway. I call balderdash on them saying, like, it's not true. Uh, anyway, I was most hungover on Saturday, obviously, but I went to watch Pro Wrestling Eve with Chopper Pro Wrestling Eve. Oh, my God. <laughs> Eve, riot right girls, girls of wrestling. wrestling. I went to watch that. Their Wrestle Queendom just show. Eve. Eve. Their Wrestle Queendom show, which was broadcast on Fight, mm-hmm. uh, which meant that we had a lot of NXT UK women <laughs> in the opening matches. And then here's the start of the show on Fight. <laughs> And yeah, it was it was cracking. What a, what an atmosphere! I was yeah. really interested because if people don't know, Eve is an all women's wrestling promotion, and it has sort of cultivated a diverse fan audience. Mm-hmm. So I was curious of whether it be more of a wrestling crowd, more of a wrestling punky crowd, or more heavily swayed to normies, as I would say. Yeah. So people who don't actually follow wrestling at all, they don't they weren't even fans of it as kids, but they've read about it in the newspaper or as a thing to do in time out, and they've taken a chance. Yeah. And I've got to say, about ten percent of the audience were normies. Hmm. And you you know, if you go to an independent wrestling show, that number's zero. Yeah. That, that that number is just people's girlfriends who have been dragged along. Yeah. And there's only about three of them. <laughs> so it was a really interesting crowd. Really, really friendly crowd. That's what I've always heard about Eve shows. Mm. Um, someone I know um, very well um, has done a lot of stuff with Eve. And that's the one thing that they've always said is that it's just a really friendly atmosphere. And that they're really fun shows to go to. Yeah. And apparently it was, a, it was a cracking show. I was gutted that I couldn't go, but apparently it was absolutely awesome. I So there were two Japanese wrestlers on there. There was Yami Suzuki, the AEW one. Yeah. Brilliant. Yuki Sakazaki. That's it. Do you know the other name? Something Something Hito. Something Hito. She was a former J-pop idol in a J-pop idol-style band. Mm. Her whole gimmick is, I'm the cutest wrestler in the world. (laughs) She has this abnormally large face with giant eyes. So she looks like she's walked out of an anime cartoon. And she sings her own entrance music. And I, I thought, well, that's a recording. No, I found out later that was legit her singing. Wow. And she had a, mo- a match with uh, Session Moth Martina. Oh, my girl it Session Moth. It was hilarious. Moth. She's great. Mm. I, I mean, I've been very much enjoying like the, the GIFs and videos that uh, have been shared about her time in stardom. It has just been wonderful because she is such a... I mean, you talk about a juxtaposition of Session Moth mm. and Japanese Joshi wrestling. And it's just been really wonderful. It's been a real, like, it's, it, what a great little gimmick to take over there. Fish out of water. Perfect way to put it, yeah. yeah. But what was your weekend like? You, you, you got up to a, a little thing at the same time. I did, because I couldn't go to the Eve show, uh, because I was going to the Secret Cinema Stranger Things, which was 
Obviously, we're not going to give spoilers because I know there are some people who listen to this who are looking to go. So maybe we can talk about spoilers when we actually, um, when it's all done and dusted. Mm-hmm. I thought it was good. <laughs> and when you spend about 80 quid a ticket, yeah. you want a bit more than good. I did enjoy it. Like me and my mm-hmm. wife had a really good time. I just think that it's, it was not the best live show that they've done. I also don't think it was the best preamble that they've done. And like a lot of secret cinema things, they've just oversold all the tickets. So it's almost impossible to do anything yeah. in the actual... The, the, the area they've got's not big enough to house the amount of people they've got. Case in point, when you get to the very end sort of performance element of it, you're just all standing in a room. And even then you can't see anything because there's too many people there. Like they, they clearly looked at that space was like, well, we could put seats down in here and then everyone can have a seat and they can watch the performance. Ah, but then we can only sell 100 tickets, whereas <laughs> what we want to sell is 500. So we'll just box them all in there like cattle. Yeah, I, d- I did that. I was going to say it felt like I was an animal in an abattoir. That's exactly mm. how it is, yeah. So that's my only negative towards it. And that's my negative. And it's funny enough, Simon said this, housemate Simon said this in the office when we were talking about it on Monday. He said, everyone always has the same complaints about secret cinema, yet everyone always still goes. Well, I and I said that is an excellent point. I well, I was a lifer. I always thought I was a lifer, but you know, just like the fiend at Helena Cell was a turning off point for a lot of people. Stranger Things was kind of my turning off point for this. It came after the James Bond secret cinema, which I thought was very subpar. Followed, I thought it had to be amazing to follow up, and it didn't reach what I needed it to be. So I'm not, I'm probably not going to go to the next one. My wife until they announce the name, yeah, and then I'll buy a ticket. My wife um, told me about a review that she saw, that a very snarky review that said anyone who says that it's too expensive doesn't know the effort that's gone into it. And I thought, way less effort has gone into this one than Star Wars. Well, I know people who have worked on the show, and they say, yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, but, so against the, yeah. But anyway, I, so we, I did enjoy myself. I thought I did have a good time. Me and my wife had an excellent time. We and so we were new romantics. That was our character that we had to go to. Have you seen the outfits that I? You had? sent me a horrifying image. Did I? Have you dressed up in a new romantics garb? Did I send it to you? Well, maybe Pete. Pete showed it to me. Did you tweet oh, it? I think I, I tweeted it. Out, it was yeah. in the public domain. Yeah. Oh, some of the replies that I got. <laughs> Disgusting. But anyway. Um, because they wanted to do certain things to you? Oh, no, You look no. pretty. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Uh, no, no, just, um, just really transphobic. It was, uh, it was incredible. What, what, a, what a horrible place Twitter is. Yeah. But um, yeah, anyway, my, I thought my costume was pretty rad. Considering that, I didn't spend a single penny on it. It was all my wife's clothes. <laughs> um, which is impressive, considering that she is like a good foot shorter than me. Yeah. Yeah. How did you get around that? Well, the blouse that I was wearing, if I really stood up straight, would show off my midriff. Oh, sexy. Like my little pot belly would poke mm. out a little bit. But the jacket um, was like a dude's jacket. So although it, you know, my wife swamps her, but uh, it fit me fine. I just thought, uh, problem was, when I'm Googling like new uh, images of new romantics, we can like pick out the costume in the morning, like put, put our costumes together before we went out to the charity shops. Every single new romantic was all about the hair. Oh, yeah, it's all so big and, and backcombed. And that is something that I cannot do because I don't have any. I so can't I, think of any, yeah. On, you, you, I, Googled, I Googled new romantics, bald, no images, absolutely nothing. There were no bald new romantics. They all had great hair. Mm. 
Damn 80s. Damn. Isn't that the 80s? <laughs> no place for a bald man. <laughs> Um, before we get into the main show, I just want to read this quick email because this comes in from Robin who says, Hi Luke, not sure if this has been mentioned before or if you're already aware of it, but seeing as you talk about music fairly regularly, have you listened to The Mountain Goats? More specifically their album Beat the Champ, which is a concept album about wrestling. You can Ooh. check that out on Spotify. Uh, Robin says, They're a great band and it's a really interesting album, featuring a song about Chavo Guerrero, one about a werewolf gimmick, plus more. Just thought I'd share. Be great to hear your views if you get a chance to give it a spin. Regards, Robin. More, more m- m- mountain goats. Mountain goats, yes. Morning goats. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Uh, yeah, that sounds really cool. I'll check it out. I'll, I'll open up my Spotify right now. And get it on there. Uh, if, if we're doing a... I'm listening to the Jojo Rabbit soundtrack at the moment. Oh, yeah. yeah because you, uh, you did enjoy that, didn't you? I loved it. Yeah. Mountain I, goats. You uh, talked about it a lot. It's called Beat the Champ is the album. They look like my sort of band. Oh, bunch yeah. of white guys, slightly elderly, <laughs> sitting on steps. They're going to make music I feel comfortable with. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Oscar nominations. Uh, what's it called? Beat the Champ. Beat the Champ. Got it. 2015. Oh, what a cool album cover it is as well. Sort of sketchy drawing of a wrestling match. Seen a track that's called Heel Turn Two. There's also the Legend of Chavo Guerrero. That's so, the one. Yeah. I, yeah. So this was the same with Luke Haynes's excellent wrestling album, if that's another good one to go listen to, which all themed around world of sport wrestling from the 70s and 80s. So t- bands, indie hipster bands will release albums themed around wrestling and it'll be stuff 30 years in the past. Yeah. And that's it. Anyway. Hipster wrestling. Anyway. Hipster wrestling. Well, let's get into the main show because what a shock there was at the end of Raw this It was week. actually good. It was... <laughs> Uh, we've got a new member of Seth Rollins's Messiah faction. Here's the show. Let's talk about Murphy and what a night. What a night that man had. And what a show this was. Oh, this was a chef's kiss episode. My last week... My complaint about the show was that it had a really hot start and then had squash matches for five hours and then a main event angle. This show didn't have that. It was wickedly paced throughout. It had its squash matches, Mm. but they were peppered with other stuff. So you weren't just watching the same thing for hours on end. It was a wonderfully paced show and confirms that Paul Heyman watches this show and listens to our criticism. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's where all the best ideas come from. Like, you know, the one we've been saying for ages, Buddy Murphy joining. <laughs> yeah. That genuinely out of left field. I Loved would it. never, no. ever have assumed or thought or even fantasy booked Murphy joining with these guys. And it worked. It's so good. And just it was perfectly played out yeah. as well. Because this went, you know, three or four segments from the Alistair Black-Buddy Murphy match all the way through to the finale of this show. I just thought, like, having Murphy there at ringside looking so dejected through Rowan's match and then into the main event. And when Rollins was there going, like, help me, man, help me. I suddenly thought, what if Murphy, what if he does help? Yeah. And then he got in the ring and helped. And I was like, this is incredible. I, I thought it was brilliantly done. So let's go back to the start of this story, which begins with Buddy Murphy versus Alistair Black in Patois of their feud so far. They've had two very good matches. Uh, two excellent matches. What, what a brilliant one at Teals. Yeah, this was probably the weakest of the three, but that's Makes not to say finish. it was, yeah, the finish. 
and it just wasn't as good as the other two because the other two were so, so good. Mm. Um, but this was the third instalment. And Murphy has lost every time so far. Yeah. So he's going into this with something to prove. He's been teasing Black in the build-up for this. It got a full video package. Here's the feud. Here's the guys. That WWE were doing everything in their toolbox to make people care about this feud because for whatever reason mainly because neither guy's been pushed properly or given a proper storyline since their their random call-up uh, or move across from 205 Live at the start of the year, the crowd haven't been reacting to it. And it was embarrassingly quiet. I thought... I, I didn't, at the start. But even, like, as the match got on, like, I thought the This Is Awesome chant was out of politeness as opposed to fan investment. Because the fans were just popping for spots mm. as opposed to being like i'm so invested in this and i want to see the, this action continue this was more like i heard a loud noise so i gave a loud reaction and buddy murphy knows how to get them slaps oh he loves a big kenny omega style slap so i i was a bit sad and i felt really sad for both guys because they're really trying and to their credit wwe were really, really trying to put this over as like an all-time yeah. classic. It, they were saying like, you know, these guys always steal the show when they go out there. You need to stick around for this. This is going to be the match you're going to be talking about with your friends tomorrow. You have to watch this match. And this crowd just, they came out to crickets. Mm. And I thought this crowd couldn't get any quieter until Eric Rowan came out afterwards. And then I was like, oh no, that's real silence. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was just a bit sad. But like you say, like uh, uh, TLC... They got no reaction whatsoever and didn't even get reactions. They put on a great match. The second match, they got no reaction, but the crowd did actually get into it by the end and were really, really into it by the, the closing. So that's kind of like my new level, sort of my new benchmark of this crowd is into it. And this crowd were not as into it as that crowd, yeah. even throughout the match. So I, I still thought like, ah, I just feel bad for these guys. But now, sorry, I, I don't want to jump ahead. But now that he's in this, this should now get him a reaction. Because he's now being a lot, he's now being aligned alongside stars. Yeah, and that, like WWE's methodology so far has been, well, we're aligning, uh, say, Cedric Alexander or Umberto Carrillo alongside a star, and we'll beat them. Yeah, yeah. And it hasn't worked. So this hopefully will. So Alistair Black and Baddy, but Baddy, Baddy Murphy. Baddy well, Murphy. He's definitely a Baddy Murphy now, mate. Baddy, <laughs> baddiest of Murphys. <laughs> Uh, that they have a really good match. Yeah, really, it was, really good. It was very fast-paced. It was just strike, strike, strike. Sort of, I think it went under 10 minutes. So it was very, a relatively quick match. And they, they just went from big move to big move. A very similar Goldberg-Lesnar-WrestleMania match style template, which sort of implies that Paul Heyman has had a, a lot of input because that's his style of match. This does feel very Paul Heyman. I particularly yeah. love Black's uh, running knee uh, into sort of like the timekeeper's area where he ran so hard he fell onto a fan. Yes. Who was then very apologetic. <laughs> she was just going like, no, it's okay. Man, if, yeah, if Alistair Black falls on me, I'm like, you do what you want, man. It's, yeah, you're, you're scary. Uh, but they, they had like, yeah, it was just a really good strike-based match. Uh, a jumping black mass on while Murphy was on the second rope, yeah. which launched him onto the barricade. And that was the spot, I think that was the spot, where both guys then slide back in the ring to beat the 10 count. And the crowd are like, this is pretty cool, actually. And that's where they chanted, this is awesome. I thought they got into it from there. I, I didn't think this crowd were, as again... They were not as into it as they were a few weeks ago, mm. like that crowd, where like the, I thought these two really turned that around. I thought a lot of this was just, it was politeness 
as opposed to being invested. But they have a stare down. It was such an NXT style spot. And you, you'd imagine an NXT crowd will be That's, off their seats for this. Absolutely. They'd be going bonkers for it. And they get in. They have a really good counter sequence. And there's a near fall with Alistair Black's foot on the ropes. I believe it was off of Murphy's Law. Yes. But it was like, oh, it looked like a full one. And I loved that spot as well because Murphy hits the Murphy's Law and then sees, oh, his arm's really close to the ropes. So Murphy grabs the arm away but doesn't see the leg. Mm. So Black gets the leg onto the ropes. I thought that was actually a really nice bit of storytelling and sort of like in-ring psychology. Really well thought out. And then Murphy sets up for the Black Mass on Alistair. It was hubris that has become his undoing. And of course, Black dodges his own move and he counters one with his own. You say of course, but AJ Styles got hit with his own move. That's a fair point. And then Murphy falls down. Black makes the cover... And Murphy does this sort of little kick out with his leg, well, I... very faintly. And even though the referee, he hasn't kicked out and his shoulders haven't left the mat to what I can see, the referee's like, ooh, two. See, I didn't even think, I thought I was supposed to be the finish mm. because the referee just stopped counting. And then in the commentary, they kept saying like, oh yeah, Murphy got his shoulder up, he got his shoulder up. But he absolutely did not get his shoulder up. I think Vic Joseph even says like, oh, you could have slid a paper. Yeah. Get a paper underneath his shoulder. That's how little it was off the mat. <laughs> In my eyes, how like, did you see then? <laughs> and I'm like, then that's a pinfall. Yeah, <laughs> but it was. I, I it felt like a real like the ref was supposed to have counted, particularly because Black looked really pissed off mm. after the match. I thought it was a botch. Well, I and then because Alistair Black then picks him up and hits a, another Black Mass for the win. I thought that was playing into the finish. So Murphy would have kicked out, sort of protects him because Black kicked out of his finisher. Now he's kicked out of Black's finisher. Alistair Black just hits another one right away. He wins. But if that wasn't the case, and that was meant to be the finish, then someone kicked out of the Black Mass. That's Which it. doesn't happen that's a what, lot. Which is why I also thought it was a bodge, because it's such a protected finish mm. that I, I just didn't think they'd have someone kick out of it. And if it was going to be like, that's the first time someone's kicking out of this move, like in this the main roster era of Alistair Black, it should have been a bigger moment yeah. than, was it a mistake? Yeah. Uh, but that was that's how it went down, yeah. and Black walks off, and Murphy stays at ringside, just despondent. He's got his head in his hands, and then Rowan comes out for his match against a jobber, and Rowan puts his hand into his weird pet carrier thing. Oh, I've been bitten, and then he ends up beating the enhancement talent. Yeah. All the while, I'm thinking, oh my god, Buddy Murphy is going to join forces with with Rowan. Is that what- How did I not see it? They're both kind of ginger. I, I didn't get that, but I did think... Uh, when, when Eric Rowan came out, before the Black Murphy match, I was like, we haven't had an Eric Rowan match mm. uh, yet. I bet you that will come after this and it will just be against a jobber. And then when it came out, I was like, bloody knew it. Yeah. So sick of this storyline. But I got into it because Murphy was still at ringside, but I never thought they're going to join forces. And I just thought, particularly when me and Charlie walked up, I was like, why are you rubbish? Yes, yeah, yeah. Charlie Caruso tries to interview Murphy at ringside. But um, um, Murphy's like, not now, love. Come on. <laughs> Come on, mate. Not now, mate. Uh, but yeah, I just thought, you know, based on WWE generally booking stuff for five years, I thought they were going to make Buddy Murphy a comedy partner of Rowan. <sighs> so my expectations were low. And, you know, Buddy Murphy, Alistair Black sort of feud that runs through a couple of months Black wins okay the way WWE usually do things Black will get pushed to the moon Murphy will be forgotten about there was never a plan for him 
I'm so, so happy, so happy. that isn't the case. Yeah, yeah. And actually, they did have an amazing plan for him. And at the end of the day, we're not talking about a guy who's lost three times clean to his blood feud opponent. We're talking about the guy who was, who's now like the most exciting thing on Raw. But I also think that those three losses have played into this main totally. event. Like this main event angle doesn't work without those three losses. Yes. That is week to week, month to month, good storytelling. Mm. And it has been because the story has been Murphy was the one that wanted the match. Murphy was the one that believed he could win. Murphy was the one that's been attacking him and being like, I've got your number. I can beat you. And you know I can beat you. And then has lost and lost and lost. And now he was sat at ringside going like, why am I losing? And then he looks up and he sees the Monday Night Messiah and he's like, they're winning. Well, looks like I know where I'm heading now. So the main event was this fist fight, which was an excellent match. Well, not excellent, but it was really, really, really fun. It was a uh, lot of fun. I just wish it didn't have the fist fight stuff attached to it. That was <laughs> it just confusing. It just needed to be a no DQ, yeah. like no holds barred match. The way they set it up, and reportedly WWE backstage officials themselves didn't really know what a fist fight was. They just announced it because Big Show's got big hands and then hoped they could think of a way to do the stipulation on the day. Yeah, and that's been quite evident as well because Joe and Owens have been making fun of it all mm. week, being like, well, I don't know what the rules are. Yeah. What are the rules? And they worked it out as, well, it's going to be, I guess, a hardcore match, and the referee will decide when it finishes. <laughs> Just like Hell in a Cell. Sure, yeah, okay. Which, you know, could work out. I, I, if that was like a fist fight, a knockout blow, someone's down for the count. And I, I love knockout finishes. I think there should be more of them. Yeah. Uh, but that isn't really what they played into. Anyway, by the by. Also, that ref did not check on Owens and Joe. They, yeah. they, could, have, they could have been getting up as far as we know. It was so much fun from the outset. It was Owens, Big Show and Joe versus Seth Rollins and AOP. And right from the start, yeah, Kevin Owens runs up the stage you know the curved led screen stage thing and does a cannonball off of it onto the aop it was like something from tony hawk's pro skateboarder yeah i was like are you darby allen <laughs> and where is your skateboard it was wicked so I, cool it was really cool and then joe did this big sense on i love ultra units i love the team of owens and joe so happy they're together i wish they were the focal point and not big show but <laughs> you know that's that's nitpicking I, I just really enjoyed these two. And actually, I thought Show did his stuff really well. Because, like, you know, Big Show's role is to be King Kong and everyone else is the fighter planes. So he just there to just swat people away. And he does that very, very well. And it was brilliant then because when he's just swatting Seth around, Seth can go down to Buddy Murphy and be like, help me. Yeah. Yeah. And because AOP then get back on uh, Joe and Owens and they, they take them out by putting them through an announcer's table. So Seth is kind of isolated in the ring with Big Show. And he that's when he goes over to Murphy, who's still there, despondent at ringside, and says, you know, join me, help me. And they get back in the ring, and Big Show's about to do something. He's setting up for the WMD. Was it the, the, the size 7X? I don't know how big his hand is. Yeah. And I'm, then... I'm, I'm, we All our gloves are one size fits all, so mm. I don't know. Buddy Murphy, low blow on Big Show, oh. and then both him and Seth throw Big Show into a table... And then AOP come down and actually do the lasting damage. That was the, that was the one thing I would have hoped, that Murphy directly caused the win. Yeah. As, as opposed to him 
hitting a cowardly low blow and an AOP having to come down and actually finish well, show off. That's what I thought as well, particularly because they were setting up for the Rollins stomp and then Big Show just got out of the way. Mm. I was like, if it was, I'd have ended it there. I'd have ended it with Seth and Buddy being the yeah, ones to, yeah. to have done the damage. But, you know, you've got to put over the big guys. Anyway, the, the referee then just goes, okay, that's the end. Ding, ding, ding. Right, okay, <laughs> that, I, that's my decision now. Yep. After a stomp. And we get this visual of Seth and AOP hugging. Murphy's just standing near them. And then Seth turns to Buddy. They embrace. They all lift each other's arms in celebration and victory. And it got me thinking, this is... You can lose. Like, wins and losses definitely do matter. But... I think when we see WWE beat people, like Sarah Logan, for instance, on this show, which was just ridiculous, considering how much talent she's got, and we see people lose like that, and we get, as fans, quite annoyed and vocal about people losing. And I don't think the losing is the problem, necessarily. It's just being conditioned that WWE forget about people who lose or just never it's symptomatic of them never really having any plans for our favorite wrestlers so you just build them up and beat them build them up and beat them kofi kingston build them up then beat them in in seconds yeah yeah that's where my mind is at when my favorites lose but if it's part of a compelling overall story there are longer plans in store for people i don't you know if you look at nxt for instance when people lose a lot it tends to build into another storyline and you're like well you know this person's losing but trust in the product because they tend to do me right that's how andrade ended up with zelina vega exactly so this here just filled me with so much glee and was just such an example of wrestling booking done right because buddy murphy looks fantastic coming off of this alistair black looks brilliant coming off of this three straight wins there is another match in that down the line and i cannot wait for it shouldn't happen for a few months i don't want to see black suddenly added to the babyface side and they continue this feud through proxy that might happen but seth also looks great it gets everyone over more because seth has now proved yeah He can back up his words, and people are choosing to join his leadership, which is his whole deal. Locker room leader. Brilliant. I I thought it was absolutely fantastic stuff. Really, really enjoyed it. And it's what we've been saying for people like Asa Black and Buddy Murphy. It's like, well, yeah, they don't get over. It's like, yeah, because you never present them as main events. You always present them as these are just a bunch of lads having a bunch of matches. Instantly... The second you have you have put Buddy Murphy alongside Seth, he's getting a reaction yeah. because you're not just presenting him as some guy. And in theory, off the back of this, like I know you said you don't want to see Alistair Black with those guys, but him actually teaming with those lads might help him get a reaction. Yeah, yeah, for Black. I mean, I, I kind of want to see Black go for the US title or something, and then we get Black Murphy US title. Postmania. I, 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 I think it's coming way sooner than that because now Buddy Murphy can go against Alistair Black with his backup. Yeah, yeah, I guess it's that. I mean, one of the, the things I saw online was a lot of people saying, hey, Monday Night Messiah. Now we're getting... I mean, when was the last time we had a proper faction, not just a three-man team? Because WWE are perfectly content with three-man teams. But anything over that is like, ooh, that sounds like a faction. We don't do factions here. Is it the authority? This, well, I was get League of Nations... <laughs> that doesn't get a proper a proper one well, come on now. I can't remember I yeah. can't remember a League proper one were not an actual faction I mean the honest. authority in terms of actual in-ring wrestlers was only ever Rollins uh, Big Show Big Kane. Show and Kane yeah 
and Jane J Security, I think there's some. I mean, I they were they were just them, there though, to be yeah. like beaten up, like, but they were part of the the act. And I, Randy, yeah, he was Randy on, was yeah. part of the authority. I don't know if they were all in at the same time though. I Ish. think Big Show was out by the time Randy was. In. I got the, 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 the timeline's confusing. But if we're going down a proper religious route, there were twelve disciples of Jesus. Mm. So maybe, and I don't think this is a bad idea. I don't think this is overkill. You have just people aligning themselves and you, you create a proper divide down that locker room of good and evil yeah. and then a few floating in between. That's how New Japan works. Mm-hmm. You've got these bullet club chaos, factions of upwards of eight people. I don't see why you can't have the same thing in WWE. And 12 disciples plus a 13th with Rollins, like that just has, there's so much law material there to build that faction around. I'm, I, I find it enormously exciting. I love the Monday Night Messiah gimmick. Mm. I think it is an inspired choice because it's re- it has taken everything about Seth Rollins is not cool and everything that he has done throughout 2019 of being this quite obnoxious person in interviews. Before anyone says it was never done intentionally, it, but all of his obnoxious interviews that he was doing has now played into this character and it just makes sense. And it's, it, and I think he's doing it fantastically as well. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Let's do some pledge hammer shout outs on Patreon before we get in with the rest of our su- 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 super chats. So thank you for your $25 a month or more pledges. The monster among Patreons, Brian Stroman. Sean of the Dead Peril. Yeah. We're going on a Brian Huntley. Yeah. Oh, baby. Robin Banks. Lee Roberts. He's Robin and Banks. Ro- he can last Sean far longer than you in the ring. Oh, yeah, He's he can. Be- the second coming, Kev Jr. The Messiah. Uh, Duncan. Just Duncan. He's just Duncan. Yes. Do you know who's not just Duncan? Ryan B. Bats. Oh, he's so naughty. Uh, former star athlete, now head coach, Len Dell Branson. Yeah, yeah, he is. Well, thank you. Harder than its bite, Sean Barksdale. <laughs> <laughs> Asker's future husband, an EOF one-man wrecking crew skin trade. So it's weird. a weird name. And lastly, you'll never get this name right, you idiots, Matthew Zimjewski. Whoa, thank you, everyone. If you want exclusive content, we've got a Royal Rumble 2001. Review going up. Re- review going up soon. Yep. We are, we're going to record that this week, which yes, I'm really looking are, forward to diving yeah. into. guys are saying on the su- 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 super chats we've got a lot of them in thank yep. you ever so much we'll get to a bunch now and then we'll do the rest at the end of the show uh wilson simons finally buddy murphy is in the main event scene and i can't be any happier i'm guessing black will join owens and joe i think that's probably the case i would prefer that doesn't happen and we get that rematch later on wilson simons again i'm off to pray to my lord and savior <laughs> seth rollins what a difference a few months can make i know right uh, Canale and probability. Seth needs 12 disciples with one turning on him. I, I mean, the yeah, Judas. Eventually, yeah, you can have the proper. What, what is it like, you know, tonight I know one of you will betray me sort of scene. Are we, are we saying that Jesus was the baddie? And that Judas was the good guy? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you can work. You can, you can use it as inspiration. Magnus Bernstrong, as a it's big. A Buddy Murphy fan, this was awesome. It really yeah. was. Absolutely. And I loved seeing him in this position. Uh, Heline Drive, or Heline Drive, what do you see as the long-term booking of the KO Rollins faction feud with, as of now, all guys needing to look strong out of this story for the future? Does it end at Mania or go beyond? Love the angle. I can see it going beyond, but I can see them doing a big sort of 10-man tag at, at WrestleMania. Or at Saudi Arabia. But yeah, I think get, we're getting bring, singles bring out Hogan matches. and Ric Flair to represent the teams. Yeah, I think we're getting singles matches at Mania. Uh, There's too many people though for singles matches, yeah, especially if NXT is going to be involved. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, can Alan probability again? I'd love to see them extend this out to NXT. Mm. Like Seth and his cronies go down to NXT to kind of like recruit some people from there, not for them to join him on the main roster, but to almost to be like this sort of. B team version of it, an NWO B team. I mean, not like rah 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 B team. Yeah. Well, when you get to the main roster, kid, give me a call. Yeah. You know, uh, Canal and Probability again. By the way, this plan also saves Murphy from that god awful stock music that, compared to Blacks, made him seem so weak, so to speak. 
yeah, they, I don't know why they changed his music to something that. Well, I mean, his music was terrible to begin with, but this new, but his, the one they changed to was somehow worse. Generic wrestler music. <laughs> Press play. Nathan Fultz, never been able to catch you guys live. Hey, hey, been following since it was just Ollie. Wow. That's ages, thank you. That being said, I can see this leading to Punk versus Rollins and AOP and Murphy versus KO Joe and the Big Show at Mania. So what? Well, that's Punk versus Rollins and AOP in a one-on-three handicap match. No, no, no. Uh, I think it was just a few spelling bits there. So oh, Punk okay. versus Rollins as singles and AOP B- and Murphy, Murphy versus-, versus KO Joe and Big Show at Mania. I see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't see that. I don't. I don't think Punk's going to return for one. No. Um, and apparently, Big Show is just a a temporary thing. It's not really meant to be around that long. I think that's for the best. Uh, just a few more. Uh, be careful with m- your Mike. Call him Michael. Hunt. Yeah. Good. Leave a space there. Mike. Hunt has said, do you think they will bring Black into team with Joe and Owens? I can see it happening. I don't want it. I can totally see it happening. I don't think that's the right move. Ronce Rajan, love the idea of a major faction running the company. Yes, so do I. Let's get Buff Bagwell out here and let's get the ball rolling. Buff's got the stuff. That's a great comment. These one-hour Wrestle Talk review shows. We know you do. You're here right now. Yeah, you're watching it live. Well, maybe like, ugh, I wish I didn't have to watch the whole damn thing. It's an hour of brilliant content. I don't have that much time in my very hectic and busy lifestyle. Well, oh, sorry, were you, was that a setup? Ran for me? out of words. <laughs> I might just let you flounder. So oh, well, you go. What our wonderful fan Vinny has done. Fan slash video editor. He he writes the wrestle sketches with me and he edits it all as well. He's a genius. And he came to us and he was like, Hey, do you want me to cut out some clips and stuff and, and put them on a secondary channel? I'm like, Yeah, that sounds amazing. So head over to Wrestle Talk Clips. The uh, the sort of YouTube link is in the video description below. Hopefully the mods are spamming the chat right now with the link as well. If you go over there now, you can see in its isolation glory, just the um, the the big one chat. Yes, from the Christmas episode. The infamous big one chat. And there is a ten-hour version of the mustache break. That's what people have been asking for, weirdly. So all the all the sort of weird stuff, you know, we can just give to Vinny to put on there. Yeah, it's it's the sort of stuff that we quite like to have on this main channel. But when we've done sort of clips and highlights before, it's we were talking about this on the podcast intro. It's sort of like. It, it pisses off the normies, the people who just want our news and reviews. So it's fair enough. Which is absolutely, it's just fair enough. So we don't want to spam the channel with that sort of stuff. So there's a sort of secondary home for it that Vinny's just going to run. He's just basically just going to rip these videos and just edit them himself. So with, that, with our blessing. With our blessing. So thank you. Don't, don't send folks, don't send us the uh, the link saying, dude, you want to take this video down? There's a copyright strike here. Mm-hmm. Like, no, we've, we've given us the blessing. Exactly. What a stacked episode of Raw right from the get-go. I need Pete in here doing the stacked <laughs> thing. Because we've got Rusev versus Bobby Lashley. That's a big payoff match. Becky and Asuka contract signing. Brock Lesnar's here. Murphy versus Black. For the, oh, fist the fight. Fist thing. fight. Fist fight. 
And we had Randy Orton versus AJ Styles. That was all ran down at the top of the card. Like, it, I got AEW vibes from this because they're, they're like, at the start of every episode, look at all this stuff we've advertised in advance. Don't change the channel. Gonna do. Don't change the channel. Tell your friends to tune in. And let's be honest, WWE have got lazy with no competition for 15 years and, and they've not done those best practice habits. And now they're doing it again. So massive thumbs up. Big thumbs up for this. I love this as a way because as it, even just as a viewer... I think it's a way to just get you hyped and just be like, okay, well, I'm I'm sticking around for this because look what we got for the next three hours. This is great stuff. But there was a bit with the Rusev-Bobby Lashley match where I was like, oh, God, this is dragging, because it did. Uh, but then I thought, yeah, but I'm sure we're getting Murphy versus Black soon. Yeah, and, and the fist works. fight and everything. Yeah, yeah. totally. I, was, I thought it was a great move. <clears throat> Um, but the, in true WWE style, they failed at the first hurdle. <laughs> that promoted Randy Orton versus AJ Styles match. Drew McIntyre came down and entered himself in, which was actually fine. It was really fun, hot opener. Yeah. And Drew's new babyface character is awesome. It's really gotten him over as well. I, I, I prefer Drew as a heel. But I'm actually really enjoying this babyface character. I think it's nice. I, I think I'd have liked to have seen an actual babyface turn mm. as opposed to one week just coming out and being yeah. like, by the way, I'm now babyface. Look at my sexy body. <laughs> and I'm now counting down to the Claymore, which I could probably do without. But, you know, I like Drew. And it's it's nice to see Drew get what seems like a push. Mm. I mean, he's not aligned with someone for a change. So he's on his own. Thumbs up from me. Yeah, yeah, I, I really like it. And this was a really nice way... To, to elongate the Orton Styles feud because they effectively had a match, but it didn't feel like the payoff match because you had Drew interfering all the time because it's part of a three way. The OC got to get involved at the start because no DQ three way rules. I just thought it was a really nice, nicely structured match for everyone involved. And so this is the, it sort of ends with Orton and AJ trying to hit each other's moves on each other. Just a really basically built feud. And I mean that in a, in a huge compliment, whatever way. And the other thing I really want to praise this match for and really put over is not only did it put Drew over in mm. the finish, it put Drew over so strong during the match because Drew is such an incredible force that these two people who hate each other had to work together. Oh, oh hey. sexy strip there from Ollie Davis. Hot. That's going to be on the Clips channel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> these two people who hate each other had to work together at one point mm -hmm. to take the big man out. That's how that's how threatening Drew is. <clears throat> I thought everything about this was a home run. Yeah. Aside from the fact that it was a lot of it took place during the ad break, I thought it was I thought it was wicked. But it was loads of big move, big move. Yeah, it was yeah. always exciting. And Loved because it. they took out McIntyre in that bit, and then they were able to have their feud together, where they just did each other's move sets. Randy hit a Styles clash, he did. which we said was never going to happen in a million years. It's too Sorry, much of a bump. A bump. <laughs> <laughs> But on my knees, uh, Orton hits that. I think it was a kick out, but then Randy hit the RKO. Yeah, AJ, AJ Styles out. is down. And then Drew McIntyre comes out of nowhere, hits the Claymore, and pins AJ for the win. You know, AJ doesn't lose anything. He's just been hit by the RKO. Randy doesn't lose anything. But Drew gains so much with yeah. that victory. There is one tiny change that I would have made. And it's not to say this wasn't awesome. This was just to level it up even more. A spot where Drew claymores Randy and then lands with his back on AJ to do yeah. the pin. That would have been... That's the kind of spot that just levels you up and gets you so over. I was just a bit worried for AJ Styles when he was doing the Randy Orton talk. So I was like, mate, you can throw your shoulder out doing that. Yeah. Be careful, mate. 
Uh, after that, we got a bit of a recap of the fistfight feud. And Seth's talking to AOP backstage and a nice bit of <laughs> wearing one glove <laughs> full of Vaseline. Yeah, that's his deal now. He, only went, mm. he did this last week where he's just got the one glove thing. Did, did you ever read of Mice and Men? I did not, no. So there was a, I a, think I went to a thick school, to be right. honest, because a lot of people always say, like, did you read this book at school? I'm like, no. And then I, it always feels like I never read the books at school that everyone else did. I did read Lord of the Flies, but that yeah. feels like that is the most academic book that I read. Well, there was a character called Curly in it who would have a glove on all the time full of Vaseline for the women mm. to keep those hands soft. And whenever I see someone with one glove... That's where my mind goes. Okay. Anyway, Maybe he, why I did not get your Vaseline reference. He calls them unstoppable, and then he sort of teases the idea of... So it's a, this was an effective foreshadowing of Buddy joining him later on, I thought. Uh, Ricochet versus Mojo Rawley. Whatever happened to Sami Zayn being Mojo's manager and just being a manager on Raw? He, he went through all that effort <laughs> to get that special license so you could be a manager across two brands. There was... One spot in this match that I thought was forking thick. Like, yeah. you know, talking about me going to a thick school. They did a spot in this because both of them are in the Royal Rumble. So they did a spot in this where Ricochet eliminated the bigger man. You know, he threw him over the top rope like you would do in a Royal Rumble to show, hey, I can eliminate this man. He then did a big tope over the top rope effectively eliminating himself from the Royal Rumble. And I was like, you're thick, mate. Yeah. You're an idiot. Do you remember when this Randy Savage nothing. did that? <laughs> yeah. Randy Savage just like on autopilot eliminated someone, went up to the top rope, double axe <laughs> handle like he always does in every match. And the commentator, I think it was Gorilla's like, uh, uh, well, you know, you, you don't get eliminated if you throw yourself out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, it was just, this was really a squash match to build Ricochet and get over the idea of people being thrown over a top rope. Yeah. Which was very effectively done throughout the night. We're two episodes away from the Rumble. And very impressive 6.30. Yeah, lovely. The win. Uh, Street Profits did their usual backstage stuff. Yeah, it's fun stuff. Yeah. They introduced Charlotte. So I, I just, you know, I, I like their act. But really, in a, if you look at this in kayfabe, they, they have a hookup with the, the production truck. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to look at it in that deep. My favorite thing about this is it felt like they were making fun of uh, Raw's usual writing, mm. which is where they, they throw to Dawkins and he makes like a really obvious Oscar joke. And Ford's like, ah, that's a pop culture reference. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Uh, unfortunately, this was like the next thing was quite easily the worst thing on Raw. <laughs> and it opens with King going like, Charlotte Flair's like walk backstage. She was like, oh, here comes Charlotte Flair. She's 100% winning this match that's coming up next. And I'm like, oh, cool. So I don't need to watch that. Well, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> so last week, Sarah Logan made her sort of raw return because she's been on and off of main event for quite some time. So we forgot because a few people put, uh, picked us up on this. I'm not going to say loads of people because I think a lot of people forgot that Sarah Logan was part of the Survivor Series team for Raw. Yes. And... Not one of us in the office remembered this at all. And I would argue that I'd say 90% of the people watching also forgot. But there was that 10% of people that was like, guys, she was part of Survivor Series. Because we said she hasn't been seen since like May or something. At that point, when so many people forget it happened, existentially, did it happen? Did it really happen? So I think we can, we can be let off for Remarkably, that. she wasn't the first person out of the match. Anyway, Sarah Logan comes down. Uh, this was last week. Sarah Logan makes her return. The match with Charlotte didn't even begin because they were just beating each other up everywhere. Mainly Charlotte beating up Logan. And then Charlotte just left her laying and stood tall over her. So I'm like, okay, 
well, there's no real heat going into the rematch. You kind of want the heel to get something over on the babyface, but what is Charlotte anyway? <laughs> so this is the rematch. It's meant to be the within the confines of the ropes this time. Let's see what happens. Oh, before I even have a chance to get excited about it, Charlotte is making Logan tap with the figure eight. Yeah, this was an absolute burial of Sarah Logan. But what the hell did she do backstage? This was... What, why give her the second the second week of matches? There was nothing to get revenge on last week, nothing to prove last week on Charlotte's behalf. So this she was... She attacked the robe, Ollie. That's, but, then, but then Charlotte beat her up to punish her for it. So I just... I, I question the booking of this massively. It taking place at all in the first place. But then... Charlotte's beaten her, made a tap, which is arguably one of the most humiliating ways you can beat someone, then throws up, gets the referee to put her robe back on her, and then throws Logan over the top rope because Royal Rumble's happening soon. In what world is she po- supposed to be a babyface? She's blonde. I, I find Charlotte really off-putting on screen at the moment. I just This whole character... Is not working, it's not connecting with the crowd, and it's going to create a real significant blowback at one point. It does not help when you've got Vic Joseph and Jerry the King Lawler shouting, oh my gosh, she's amazing. She is just the best wrestler in this company. She is absolutely incredible, non-stop. It really, really puts me off her. Particularly mm. because I like Sarah Logan so much. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe that's part of the reason why I'm not getting into this as much. But I don't. Th- I think Charlotte's great. I think she is a great wrestler. I think she is a great promo when she is really invested in something. She's not given woefully stilted dialogue. But this is not the best use of Charlotte Flair. Well, it's quite transparent what's happened. Oh, the title picture's busy with Asuka and Becky Lynch. What are we going to get Charlotte to do? I know, just have her beat everyone. <laughs> so it's a, it, does, it doesn't build anything. This is not long-term booking in the no. slightest because you're just ruining the rest of your women's division. Uh, but that said, the way Logan entered the ring was cool. She was on the ramp and she sort of didn't go down the ramp bit. She went down the side. She did a little slide. I thought it was cool. <laughs> but she's dead in the water. So then we have a backstage segment with Joe and Kevin Owens. They're like, well, how are we... How are we going to win? Let's talk some strategy. And Big Show comes in and says, I got a fist. I'm ready for some fisting. Mm. So that's pretty much it. Brock Lesnar comes down with Paul Heyman. You want to talk about winning segments. (gasps) (laughs) After that Charlotte Flair segment, this turned me around completely. Where I was like, and then at the end of this, I was like, this is the greatest show I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. This was wonderful from start to end. Yeah, it wasn't even... Because Heyman has a a tendency to be repetitive and speak very eloquently and very engagingly, but at the end of the 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 10-minute segment, you're like, what? what? Did anything progress? Yeah. There's going to be a spoiler. Brock. And what was great about this is, again... Nothing progressed. Like in this in this ten minute segment, nothing in Brock Lesnar entering into the Royal Rumble progressed. Well, our truth both entered and <laughs> unended. Unended. But this was a, a home run segment because all three guys just played this brilliantly. Heyman, a master of getting heel heat, mm. just came out and worked this crowd into a frenzy, making fun of their accents. And then when they booed him 
And then he starts to do his like his intro. And I, I wrote in my notes, he's like, this crowd of idiots. Look at them just joining along after he made fun of them. So Paul Heyman grabs the mic and goes like, oh, you guys are idiots because you're joining along with me. I've just made fun of you. Yeah. And that made the crowd boo him more. Then they left, which made the crowd boo him more. He actually, it, you know, we said that like Jericho was trying to get that you sucked on an AEW and it did not pick up. Mm. Heyman got it instantly in this when he just yeah. said, my client does not suck. You suck. You suck. It was wicked. Just just playing the crowd like a fiddle. It was amazing. It always makes me remember of the one of the best segments in my in, in my personal belief when Kurt Angle comes out and everyone's chanting "You suck," and he says, "I'm not going to come out if you chant you suck' to my music." He goes back and <laughs> forth like five six times. And it only makes the crowd get louder and louder and louder. Brilliantly done. Anyway, after that... Do you know who else is brilliant? Oh. Get, sorry, because you're talking about getting heat. When they, they leave and then look at each other and be like, no, no, I think we are going to cut our yeah, promo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brock just rolls into the ring, poses with the yeah. belt, and it makes the crowd boo even more because they're like, oh, yeah, no, I don't like that dickhead ah. either. Boo! So here comes our truth And you're like, <laughs> well, where's this going? Archie's there with the 24-7 title and he says uh, about his childhood hero, John Cena, told him to never give up. So I'm going to enter the Royal Rumble and, you know, he's building it up like he's going to take out the biggest beast or whatever. Paul Heyman. Yeah, he said, I'm going to enter the Royal Rumble and I'm going to eliminate you, Paul Heyman. And Paul Heyman's look on his face is just like, what? Because he's like in the corner with his head in his hands being like, what is this guy talking about? His selling of that reaction and then Brock pissing himself laughing <laughs> was just it was Brock was fantastic in this segment it, everyone was great this was, this was the most happy funny Brock spin since Boombox Brock yeah yeah with the Money Brock the briefcase uh, but R-Truth quickly realised his mistake it's going to be Lesnar in there so he unenters himself from the Royal Rumble oh, look, there it is there he is and Brock just destroys him. Yeah. It's really stiff clothesline. F5s him. And then no one, I liked how no one came down for the 24-7 title because immediately I was like, well, someone's got to run in and win the belt here. But they're also afraid of Brock. I guess you could have had it so a few people run down, but back off until Lesnar's gone. Yeah. Lesnar, of course, did not. He teased Pinning truth for the belt, didn't he? Yeah. But he thought better of it. Could have been a double champion. He could have been. Uh, the other thing I wanted to bring up in this was that Hangman, in his promo, when he actually cuts before truth comes out, he talks about how there's a streak going on in WWE. And it's not like that old streak that was conquered at WrestleMania 30. No, this is a, an actual streak that's actually got consequences. Mm. And it's when I say spoilers, <clears throat> and it's what we were talking about last week, where the, the theory is when Paul Heyman says, that's not a prediction, it's a spoiler... It's a really protected line, and they don't use that line unless it's not going to happen. So we've said this. We've said this in the past. Well, no, we've said it in the past that he did say it during the Seth st in the build-up to WrestleMania, and mm -hmm. then a lot of people told us that we were wrong and that he didn't. But we did get an email in off the back of this to say that he has done it twice, and ah. one, one of which was in that build-up to WrestleMania. Um, he says that it was okay. So there are two times this wasn't the case. The first was in June of 2014 when Heyman was managing Cesaro. So Daniel Bryan had to vacate ah. the title. Uh, a later match was set up at Money in the Bank to have a new champion crowned. When announcing Cesaro as part of the match, Heyman proclaims, My client Cesaro will be WWE World Heavyweight Champion at Money in the Bank. That's not a prediction, it's a spoiler. John Cena ended up being champion. 
Uh, and he said the other night was the night after WrestleMania 31 when Heyman announced Lesnar was invoking his rematch clause that night after Seth Rollins cashed in the Money in the Bank briefcase the night before to take his title. He said Lesnar would wrestle on Raw for the first time in 10 years and give Rollins a beating of a lifetime. Let me uh, tell you that it's a prediction. Uh, that's not a prediction. It's a spoiler. Then that match never happened because he beat up Jerry Lawler instead. So those are the only two times Heyman has said spoiler and the thing he spoiled hasn't come to pass. But other people have also said that he did it during the build-up to Seth. But we, uh, we, can't com- we haven't been able to confirm that. We've had such conflicting reports, and yeah. we haven't gone back to check because we're quite because we're lazy. So that was from Mario Q. Mario. Um, Thank you, Mario. From the home of WrestleMania 36, Tampa, Florida. Yeah. You are a pirate. So after that, uh, Lesnar walked out, and then Mojo Rawley ran down and pinned Truth for the 24-7 title. To my knowledge, he's still the 24-7 champion. I think so, yeah. He's a two-time mm. champ, I believe. Not that anyone could really care. So, a th- funny, actually genuinely funny comedy in WWE main roster stuff. It's because Truth is great. Yeah. After this, and considering how hot the crowd were for that, and how this was a good crowd throughout the entire night, Rusev and Bobby Lashley happens, a match that has had a lot of build to it, probably one of the most built storylines on Raw in the last couple of months. And the crowd just died as soon as the match started. I was really surprised at this, considering how hot the crowd have been for the Lana Lashley-Rusev segments for the months that they've been Mm. doing their storyline. When they actually did the match, this crowd were just not into it. It's almost as if they don't watch Raw. And just were, were not into this whatsoever. The other thing I want to say about they announced that uh, the Usos are going to be on WWE backstage this week. So I don't know if they'll upset CM Punk. I'll have a, a good old 100,000 viewership. <laughs> Gonna love those numbers. But yes, but the crowd were. And I, I, Liv said last week, Liv Morgan said, I'm going to be in Rusev's corner. And then she wasn't. Well, she came down eventually. But I, yeah, I think if Liv was in Rusev's corner from the get go, that would. I think the crowd would have been into it and they would have been a lot louder. Brian Zane also made this point on Twitter as well and I was wondering if, what your thoughts on this. Since that wedding angle, they have not mentioned the lesbian aspect of this storyline. Mm. Like Lana called her a stalker and said she's obsessed with me, but they've never mentioned that they were lovers. Yeah. That's, that has not been brought up since the wedding. Do you think they've dropped it? I don't know because it's not like there was a big backlash against them. There was, I mean, I know you went around for that week, yeah. but on that day, there was, on that day, there was quite a bit of backlash thrown against him, particularly from, like, um, uh, Fire and Desire, what they call mm. Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. Oh, yeah, because they were pitching yeah. uh, uh, an LGBT storyline. Yeah. yeah. Well, I I don't know. But from what, everything I read, they never billed it as a lesbian thing. Oh, it they 100% just... did. Did they on ever the... said the yeah. words lesbian? No, they said that we were lovers. Yeah. And what do you call two women who are lovers? Well, I wanted to put lesbian lovers on a thumbnail and I was told don't do that <laughs> well, yeah because YouTube were just going to demonetize it uh, but yeah so also shortly before this Charlie Caruso caught up with Bobby and Lana earlier in the day to talk about New Year's resolutions Lana was wearing the most <coughs> fetching of blouses yeah. this was a fabulous blouse Lana has two New Year's resolutions one everyone's jealous of them <laughs> That's not a resolution. I know. Uh, which I think, I think they're healing that up there. Uh, and the second one, they vow to crush Rusev. Yeah. Uh, and I, I really like that. I do think that's really good heel work, whereas I've got two resolutions and one of them is not a resolution. It's yeah. just to say people suck. I really like that. So Rusev dominated early, but then Bobby sort of worked over his leg. There was a good uh, run around the spear, run around the spear, run around the uh, ring spot, and then mm-hmm. Lashley had a spear. 
Uh, Rusev no sold a Bobby German suplex and just popped up for a match could kick like that. That was awesome. Yep. Uh, but then Lana distracted, so Bobby didn't lose. Like it was a visual pin, and that's when Liv Morgan comes down to stop Lana interfering. And she came down with the most Ronda Rousey mean face I've ever seen. She was okay. I know a lot of people like Liv Morgan, and this is going to be a very unpopular opinion. I thought she was pretty bad in this next sort of five to seven minutes. Oh, really? I thought her mean face was laughably silly. She then cost Rusev the match and then cut a terrible promo afterwards, which I I don't blame. I don't fully blame on her. It was the script that was really Mm. bad and she delivered it very woodenly, but it's very hard to deliver dialogue that, you know, make it sound natural Mm. because it's completely unnaturalistic (laughs) dialogue. I didn't think she was too bad. In fact, I, I thought she was pretty good. I, I liked the, the interaction between Lana and Liv. She took a sick bump into the barricade. She threw herself into it. Uh, so, yeah, they, they sort of brawl. Lana throws a drink into Liv's face. And then Bobby speared Rusev for the win. This feud will continue. And it will continue next week. Because Lana issued a challenge backstage for her and Bobby to take on Rusev and Liv in a mixed gender, ta- mixed gender tag next week. Which Bobby did not want, because he's like, I've already beaten yeah. him. Why are we having uh, another match here? For, for me, the, the whole, like, the lifting, last thing I'll, I'll add on this, is that I really, it's the same thing with Lady Door last year. Mm. It's like, you introduce a character <laughs> to then essentially cost the baby face the match when they're on the baby face's side. Like, Lady Door is already crap, because she was meant to be there to support Sin Cara and Andrade won. Yeah. And then they just did the team the following week, and they lost. <laughs> I like, like my baby faces to look good. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, court, I mean, maybe it's an old-fashioned thing, but I, I like my baby faces to not look like morons. We'll skip ahead one segment. Well, actually, we can cover this in a second. Rusev, uh, Viking Raiders versus Singh Brothers. Guess who won there? Yeah, Viking Raiders still getting no reaction whatsoever. Bless them. This open challenge stuff doesn't work because there'll be like someone come and challenge us. And everyone would be like, oh, is it going to be a good... Ma- oh, it's the Singh Brothers. Oh, it's a, a jobber team. Why aren't, why aren't the OC yeah. answering? Uh, so, But there was a sick spot where they lawn darted the Singh Brothers into each other's heads. Looked horrible. Uh, but then Rusev and Liv answer Lana's challenge backstage. Apparently, Rusev says in this... This is what Laurie and Simon told me. No one comes in my face yeah. and gets away with it. Uh, it was probably words to that effect, yeah. Which is funny. I thought Rusev was actually really, really good. Like a really sort of fire. Like he was almost felt like he was tripping over his words because he was so enraged with anger. Mm-hmm. He felt very real, which was then why it was so you know juxtaposed for Liv to be like, and now I say my scripted verbiage <laughs> where it's, um, I am the living embodiment of uh. karma and karma isn't just a goddess. She's a bitch. I was like, oh man. That's how you know WWE is struggling to script someone. You give them the word bitch at the end of it. Yeah. Uh, that I don't think you put enough emphasis on the word living because that's what she did. Because my name's Liv. <laughs> living embodiment. And it's, again, I don't blame her for that bad promo. That's that's bad scripting. After this, we got more. I didn't like this next segment. I didn't like it either. This was the second worst thing on the show. Everything else apart from the Charlotte stuff, I, I really, really, really enjoyed actually. But it was a, a contract signing between Becky Lynch and Asuka. For me, this storyline, you want Becky going, I'm a badass champion. 
you keep beating me. I'm going to come and beat you because I'm better than you. And Asuka's like, I'm going to beat you because I'm better than you. And you've got two very confident badasses going up against each other. I can't wait to see them collide. But for whatever reason, WWE have taken that awful Kenny Omega AEW route of, no, I must doubt my confidence to get anyone even slightly involved in the emotion of this storyline. So you've got Becky coming out two weeks in a row, three weeks in a row, saying... I don't know if I can do this. Oh, dear. But it contradicts the story last week. Perhaps I misread last week's angle. I think you optimistically I th- read it. I think, yeah, you might be right there. I think, and in fact, I think you are right there. I optimistically overread last week. I thought last week's was that I'm suckering you in with this. I'm downplaying myself. Because Asuka gets the ring. She lays her out with one punch and then walks out of the ring. And I'm like, okay, well, that's a very confident Becky Lynch in this situation. Then she comes out this week and is not confident again. I'm like, well, so what was last week's segment then? I think no, she was it's but consistent. The, but, she 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 was uncomfortable. But she laid her out with one punch. So surely that would instill some level of confidence into you, wouldn't it? Yeah, I, I, I'm Pritchard in it here. I think in, <laughs> in WWE's minds, they're telling this amazing storyline of Lynch losing confidence because surely no one can believe Asuka. Asuka's rubbish. <laughs> To go to go up against Becky, I I think it's a really ineffective way of doing it, and and the crowd reactions demonstrate that Becky, one of the most over people in the company this time last year, before all the nonsense, and that this they, it was crickets out there for this segment. Oh no, I thought the crowd were into Becky, mm. like they were they were chanting for Becky, and I'm I'm putting that over because the segment before that we had the Viking Raiders, and that was crickets. <laughs> so this crowd were into Becky. <laughs> uh, so it was just a standard contract signing thing. Becky signs after scaring away Kyrie Sane. No, I, I, I really actually liked this moment where yeah. they invited Becky to sign first, but just before she does, Asuka just snatches it away from it so she can sign first. That was a nice bit of like mind and it would make brilliant sense if this was a, a cohesive storyline mm. but because of that last I thought last week's segment has really muddied all these waters and then Becky signed it and then Asuka gave her the green mist and then Becky cut this again horribly scripted promo I really like the I promo. think she, her firing it's good but because it is just I have to deliver every single word that I've been given mm. it comes across as stilted and I don't buy a single word of it I wasn't tripped up by the words uh, I was I more bought into the emotion of it because Becky was a terrific performance here. She saw that green mist. She, yeah, the green mist, and she's kind of on her knees. The cameras at ringside, down there with her, at sort of, you know, waist height normally, and she's talking into the camera directly to Asuka. She's standing up, walking towards it, wiping the green mist out of her eyes, stopping because it stings. I thought it was a it was an amazing performance. Amazing performance. Bad bad verbiage. Uh, but yeah, then we got all the the stuff that we've already... Oh, and then... And, that, sorry, there was one more bit. We got a, an announcement that next week, Andrade and Rey Mysterio are having a ladder match and, for the US title. Yes, please, mate. Absolutely well in for that. I do have one question, though, about mm. this. During Vega's promo, she says that Rey stole the US title from Andrade. Maybe that happened in that beatdown last week. I was going to say, did he? I don't, I don't remember I don't that. remember that at all. Because that's why she was calling him a criminal. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. It, it's weird because I thought they were setting up some form of mask versus title match. You might still do, man. Yeah, and this it's ladder not like match. this company to do the same match over and over again. But there's no, there's no real justification for the ladder to be involved in this. So I, I that's a problem. But I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they both got promos in Spanish too get that over so yeah and then we got the murphy black stuff all the way through to the final angle of the show i thought this was an excellent excellent show not not good enough to be five out of five for me for some reason 
Well, I, they got the Charlotte and Becky stuff in there. Yeah, I, I feel, but this was this was as good as you can get of a four out of five show. Could not agree more. Absolutely loved, loved, loved this show. I lived this show. I thought it was <laughs> absolutely terrific. Uh, but let's get into your super chat. So, back onto the topic of Seth Rollins' new faction member, the Line Drive inspired booking idea. Seth tries to recruit oh, Becky. No, thank you. No, thank you. No, no, thanks. But he spelt inspired. <laughs> oh, Insipid. <laughs> yeah, uh, Gabrielle Reyes. Yeah, we've we've had the Becky Seth stuff. It didn't work. Uh, Gabrielle Reyes. This Seth storyline seems like it would would be a great Survivor Series match that doesn't have to be about brand supremacy. No, no, Survivor Series can only be about brand supremacy. I totally agree, though. Yeah, I 100... This makes way more sense for Survivor Series. And, May- I, and I wish they would do stuff like that for Survivor Series as opposed to the brand loyalty nonsense because guess what? It's not meant anything. Hmm. Well, maybe there's a way they factor this into Elimination Chamber and the winner, the winning team gets a title shot. I don't know how that would work, though. Hmm. Uh, Jose Quinde, would you like a woman to join the Messiah? Maybe Ruby? Someone else has got, like, Kai um, Buscas Hasty has also said, who else should join Seth? Maybe Ruby Riot. Well, surely Riot Squad members are Sister Abigail or nothing. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I, why, why would you go back on all those teases of Ruby Riot to be Sister Abigail? Uh, no, I don't like that idea. Well, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think them having some female members of the group is not the worst idea. Like, I was actually surprised more people didn't suggest Sarah Logan. Mm. Uh, Adam Shote. What is wrong with Seth and the black... Uh, what is with Seth and the black glove? It's just a dastardly heel thing to yeah. have, isn't it? And Michael Dominguez. Seth begs Buddy, joins Messiah, puts over Undisputed Era at Mania. It's big picture thinking. Mm. Uh, Raw miscellaneous uh, as a Oliver Davis uh, ism. Mark Scottish cycle path Murray. Oh man, we can't really do cycle path anymore. He's a baby face. Yeah. Now let's get into the main review. Three, two, one. Claymore. Yeah. Rex Joseph Calmeron said Raw has been a better show this 2020. Yeah. Well, we're only two episodes in, <laughs> but this is this is genuinely good wrestling programming. Mm-hmm. Really liking it. But sorry to sound like a broken record when things are going so well. Imagine if it was a two-hour show. I know, Sparks, uh, if Lesnar wins the Rumble, I'd love to see The Fiend no-sell the F5. Oh, he'd have to, wouldn't he? Mm. Yeah. Uh, Ward, uh, Warder Patrick says, the OC and the Saviors, teal he- two heel fractions on Raw. Yeah. because so you got the... Yeah, yeah. The, if you call them the Saviors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Nathan Fault says, hear me out, fellas. Brock wins the Rumble. He challenges The Fiend, and he goes over Brock clean. Again, thank you for your years of dedication from a guy in Kane's Knox County area. Oh, one of Kane's minions. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I, I don't mind that idea. That's a great way to put the fiend over really, really strong. Oh, oh and he goes over Brock clean. Sorry, I misread that. I thought it was uh, Brock goes over clean. Because um, I read that as he challenges the fiend and he goes over. No, no. Um, Pavi, let Andy out of his cage. Luke, it's nice seeing Drew by himself. Me, he's probably going to join. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably going to join the KO group. Thank you, Luke. Uh, can you guys do a hot ones challenge? We have actually got the, the one ship thing, didn't we? Because someone sent it to us oh for Christmas. God. I don't want to go near that thing. Korma's too spicy for you. I know. 
Uh, where do we get to? Um, Guti25. Loved Randy hitting AJ with the Styles Clash. Also, where do I send pictures of me in a Hawaiian shirt at Bash in the Beach tomorrow? Just just tag us on WrestleTalk underscore TV on Twitter. Indeed. And we'll, uh, yeah, we'll, yeah, I don't know what we're going to do with all the images, but we'll be wearing Hawaiian shirts too. Uh, Ket says, uh, was AJ um, was AJ mocking Orton or was he trying to kill a spider? Ah, it's on the mat. It's on the mat. <laughs> Nate drops her name. Sarah Logan was on the Survivor Series team. Mandela effect. <laughs> <laughs> no, she wasn't. No, she definitely was. Uh, Chris Jericho. Yeah, Chris Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what diff. What's, what's more realistic? That some people misremembered something or there's a huge alien conspiracy rewriting insignificant historical events. I love that Jericho's Mandela Effect episode is even brilliant because like that woman keeps saying like, we all know the line from The Empire Strikes Back is this. And Jericho's like, yeah, yeah, that is the line. And then they play a clip that shows that it's not the line. And Jericho's like, and this proves that it's changed. It's like, no, you've just misremembered the line. Also, the earth is not flat. Yeah. Um, anyway, job at JJ, fantasy booking. Brox wins the 24-7 chance championship and i beat the beast yes i did want lesnar to win brock laughing was just the best yeah i i wouldn't have my but what would you have done with it well i like nate drop surnames <laughs> idea i thought brock was gonna rip up the 24 7 strap and throw it on truth and literally kill the title that's a cool way to do it i think that's the i think that's a great idea because the mm. belt's doing nothing it's not getting anyone over it's killing tv yeah, time yeah. it's killing ratings so you're having Brock just smash it and throw the piece on truth. Because then he can even do some comedy of truth still pretending he's defending it. And that yeah. just starts a whole different storyline. The 24-7 title was the worst thing in that segment. Yeah. No, the, sorry, the only bad thing in that segment is a fair way to, to say it. Uh, Danny DeVito says, Liv and Lana are a lesbian. I thought they were American. Uh, and You're from Lesbania? <laughs> yeah. And Jeff Ishu Duart says, Similarity between the inner circle and Seth's team. Not no. nothing really. This has been a faction that's been steadily added to, and the the motivating force behind the the leader is very different. I would say it's just two wrestling factions. You know, inner circles all fuel around money, mm. and yeah. Uh, on the subject of wrestle talk in general, Pretty Petty Kruger haven't been able to listen to you guys in a few weeks because a friend passed. Mm. But goes, but here goes some dollar. Uh, well, keep up the good S word. Oh, thank you so much, Petty. You are, you're doing better. Uh, yeah, sorry, really sorry, sorry to hear about you, your friends. Uh, Hannah Steed. Watched since the end of 2018 and I've always wondered what made you come up with the name Swaff Nation? Um, so prior, prior to me working at Talk, I was emailing some friends our predictions and I think I predicted that Enzo and Cass were going to debut bef- like about a year before they did. And I said, and it will be S-W-A-F-T, soft, misspelling, soft that's already misspelled and spelt it swaft and my friends thought it was very very funny so it became an in-joke amongst my group of friends that it was swaft i told you that story on wrestled on our original videos we all thought it was very funny and then everyone watching it thought it was funny so it became the swaft nation yeah yeah and and then unfortunately enzo amore and all that stuff happened and it's a bit awkward now but we we stuck with it Samad Ali hey I won't be able to watch live because I have some kind of exam some kind of exam two smiley face emojis you guys are awesome as always have a great day thank you so much mate thank you Samad what a lovely guy indeed you've got your card over there now you can't see it it's off camera Dale Creasy I missed the screen stalker videos well it's because there was too much of a bottleneck we can't film everything in this tiny tiny room we're building a new studio in a, and a new office area. So, yeah, hopefully we'll be able to get back on the Screen Stalker stuff soon. Yeah, really, really soon. 
Um, thank you to Kai, um, who was donated with no uh, comment, as did Brandon Davis. Thank you for that. Uh, Batten045, hey guys, hereby my monthly ad block fee. <laughs> Keep up the great work. Love from the Netherlands. You should just disable just ad disable block. block. Well, but thank yeah. you for the thought. Uh, Pavi let Andy out of his cage. We have done. <laughs> Here we go again. We have been in this position so many times. We all love and see the potential, and WWE ruins it. KO joins New Day, for example. Tears. Now, let's have some optimism here. Yeah. It's been really good stuff. Let's just enjoy it. If it goes south, then we can sit there and go like, well, that went south. As opposed to seeing it going like, well, this will likely go south. Mm. Let's not get excited. I want to get excited. It's, but but I do have sympathy for you because I've been in that state we've where I can't burnt. enjoy stuff yeah, we've because been of WWE screwing up everything for years. Uh, but, you know, it's new year. It's new beginnings. I've got a fresh sense of optimism. My glass is half full. So I'm looking at this favorably. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we don't get burnt. Um, Nathan Jones, listening to too much wrestle talk. Oppa! Smash a plate. Uh, Shushank Adi, Adi, Adi Carey. Just donated. Thank you very much. Daryl Spikerman. Ollie Davis, you mug. I'll have pictures from Japan for you. What's that in reference to? I don't know. Uh, and Leslie N says, money for the boys. Thank you, Leslie N. Oh, we've got one more uh, just at the end. Pavi let Andy out of his cage again. Every time Ollie says, I would change something, my brain, it should have been Pentagon. <laughs> should always be Pentagon Jr. Pentagon Jr. Somehow... Joins somehow and wins. Well, yeah, we, that would be the best, the best possible option there. Or we've just had one uh, quick one come in there, which is the Zornis. What happened to the Super Chat show at WrestleTalk? I imagine that's the Ask Me Anything style thing. Well, we've actually got a yeah. bit of an update on that as well. We're gonna we're gonna try and move that over to Facebook, so pe- you know people can just chat and we'll, we'll all talk together. It's the same reason why we're not doing the clips and everything on the main channel because it it just sort of pisses off the people who just want the news and reviews, which again is completely fair enough. That's why you subscribe to this channel for. Mm. So we're actually going to move that over onto social media. We're going to put it onto Facebook and try and build that as a community area where we're going to do sort of like Q and A sessions. We're going to do them from the office, and it's not going to be one person. It's going to be everyone in the office are just going to be showing out. It's it's going to be very, very informal, probably terrible content, but we're hoping that it's going to be fun. Yeah. 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 Fun question mark. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, unless you mean the Super Chat show at WrestleTalk.com, well, it was only five minutes over today, so we thought we'd do it here. Plus, that's something we could do on Facebook as well. We don't know. Got a couple of Rusev Hayes for you. Rusev Hayes. Now, I don't know if you were, because you don't listen to this podcast if you're not on it. <laughs> and, and even when you are on it, you don't actually listen back to it. Correct. So you won't have heard the Rusev Hayes that we got in from Joseph about an airplane that he got on. No. Okay. Well, so I'm going to read this email out again because I wanted you to hear this one because I wanted to hear your reactions to this. Um, he says, I have a Rusev Hay here for you. It involves me traveling on the same flight as the SmackDown crew a few weeks ago. Oh this was God. early January he sent this. Um, so this month? Uh, it was, yeah. He said, yeah. I had no idea I was on the same plane as them until I started seeing wrestlers board the flight. Behind me came Alexa Bliss. What? Who softly spoke, excuse me, as she squeezed <sighs> by me to get into her seat. That's not her gimmick. I- Wait, <laughs> shit. 
You, you were on the aisle seat. Yes, he was in the aisle seat. Oh, my yeah. God. I was in pure shock. I instantly knew I was going to be sat next to Alexa Bliss for the next two hours. I was screaming excitement in my head, but I knew I needed to keep my cool to not come across creepy. And yeah, that, that ship sailed for me already because all I can think about is that scene in Fight Club. Do I give him the arse <laughs> or the crutch? The arse or the crutch? When he's trying to squeeze past That's someone right. on the plane seat. But she's so small, I don't think. That yeah, it's a good point. She'll yeah. walk like width ways through that gap <laughs> the hips yeah and even then it comes <laughs> up to your belly button um i decided the best approach was to pretend like i didn't know who she was and just her. yes and just engaged in general small talk oh i bet i bet you didn't actually hide it whatever you thought you were doing she was just hearing i'm your biggest fan alexa bliss i have to say for a, a solid 45 minutes talking uh through on, on and off throughout the flight, she came across like a really sweet woman, very charitable and hardworking, based on me peeking at her notes about ideas from what I could tell. Ooh. Uh, I know, I was very naughty. Uh, eventually, More I t- coffee cups. <laughs> me and Laurie made that exact same joke <laughs> when we already read this email out. Eventually, I told her I knew who she was and she laughed because she knew I knew who she yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. Never figured out why. And then he says... I referred to Biscuit Butt halfway through the conversation and didn't realise it. Oh dear. Moral of the story is, don't lie. Anyway, Pixar, it didn't happen. How did Biscuit Butt come up in a conversation? Wow. There is a picture of Alexa Bliss looking stunning without makeup. Oh yeah. Doesn't she look so pretty? Uh, On a plane. Wow. Yeah. So wow. I, I very much enjoyed that email, and I, I wanted you to experience it as well. Who else was on the plane? Oh, he says Dolph Ziggler was on the plane, but he doesn't uh, mention who else, because Dolph Ziggler was a few seats Should have been him. someone else. Um, although WWE not sitting the wrestlers next to each other. It's, just... it's cheaper tickets, isn't it? Yeah, I guess so. Um, right, well, let's. Uh, we've also got a couple of other emails to read out. Uh, this one comes in from Brock, uh, who says, Hi, Luke. Thanks for reading out my email last week. To clarify, I actually meant shirtiest. We read out in the, his email about the, the nude calendar. And mm. he did write shirtiest, which we thought was a typo. He was actually making a good place reference. Ah, nice. Yeah. Shirt but, balls. Exactly. But autocorrect stopped him in his tracks. He was trying to say shirtiest. Autocorrected to something else, uh, but he did also add in there. Um, sorry, I've just lost the email. Um, he would definitely pay twenty to thirty dollars for gourmet charitable nudes if we were still looking. Gourmet, to, yeah. So that means they've got to be personalised for you. Hmm. Or, or or there's gourmet. No, gourmet just means prestige, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, how would that? How would we get a gourmet nude photo? Well, we'd um, just, we would probably do something along the lines of the photo shoot that we did for the merchandise. Go to WrestleTalkMerch.com. I feel like if you say gourmet, you've got to bring food into the equation. So maybe we are holding certain vegetables over intimate parts. Mm. I'm going to go for a celeriac. <laughs> because this is something I had to chop up yesterday and had no idea what it was. Ooh. Do you know a celeriac? Of course I know what a celeriac you is. You do? Yeah. It's a hideous looking thing. A lot of veg is like horrible looking, oh. very tasty, but often doesn't look particularly. Nice. It looks like it's got hundreds of tiny legs squished up into its body at the bottom. Yeah. Ugh. 
Uh, this email comes in from Sean, who says, Hi, Luke and Ollie. You guys have been helping me get through a tough time the last couple of years with all of your adequate and consistent programming. Thank and you. I wanted to thank you for that. Watching slash listening to your shows feels like a chat with my friends, which makes it fun and uplifting, even when discussing the terrible WWE product. Not today, my friend. It was a great yes. WWE product today, uh, which at least makes for funny conversation. Glad to be a pledge hammer. Anyway, next week, I'll be going to AEW's Bash Ooh. at the Beach episode of Dynamite. <gasps> Hawaiian shirt time. The venue is the arena of the University of Miami, just a few blocks from my house, which is pretty cool. I was able to get a seat in the second row opposite from the entrance. Oh, rooms. my Lord. So basically in the spot that the commentary desk would be on SmackDown. Um, I don't watch SmackDown. It's on Friday <laughs> Where nights. Where is that? <laughs> While I'm not a huge fan of taking signs to shows, most because I don't want to obstruct the view of anyone behind me, I do want to take a sign to support you guys. I can't decide whether to make the usual support WrestleTalk sign or maybe reference one of your inside jokes. Ooh. Any suggestions? Now, I was thinking about this. Do we want to tell him an obscure phrase? No melon, no lemon. What was no it? No lemon, no, no melon. No lemon, no melon. You've got to... Uh, it's a... The, the great thing about that is that it's a palindrome. <laughs> is it? It is a palindrome, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember which way round it is. Yeah, but no, surely what? it doesn't matter. <laughs> 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 so I think one of the most successful in jokes of recent times has got to be an ATW review. Oh, all right, I tried something new. I thought it would get over. So what you want to do is is have a picture of Luke with a cup of tea, sipping it. Luke will send you the picture, and uh, you've just got a what was it a. T T W T E A W. I was going to get mugs made and everything. I know you were. (sighs) Anyway, he also said I've been meaning to write in with a couple of Rusev Hayes and Rusev Maybes, um, but I may never get around to that. We'll see. Thanks you for the consistently consistent content. Have a happy new year. What an excellent addition to the end of that email. (laughs) I I thought that that really that was really worthwhile. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're welcome. uh, Owen emails in to say, Hello, Luke, Ollie, and the lovely boys. First, can I say that Andy is doing an amazing job? He is. Yeah. And is becoming one of my favourite people to listen well, to. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Not just on WrestleTalk, <gasps> but all podcasts I listen to. What? I think you may have the best team when it comes to wrestling YouTube channels. Oh, thank you very much. I was wondering if you could help me. How do you grow a Facebook community page? Me and my friends <laughs> no, started. Don't, please tell us. <laughs> That's why I wanted to read this one out. Um, me and my friend started a face page. Is that what they're called? Face pages? Face page? Uh, Sounds like my mum trying to use Facebook. <laughs> Go on those face, face pages. pages. Uh, a my a, face. A my gram. Uh, called Being the Delete about a year ago. And I've decided 2020 is going to be the year that we make it bigger as we want more opinions now that wrestling landscape is bigger. Any advice would be much appreciated. Keep up the great work. I'm one of the viewers who will always watch no matter what it says. So clickbait away. Thanks, guys, from <laughs> Owen. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's something that we've discussed about because we personally don't really use our rest talk. You can just get it from the side there, mate. It's just it's literally there for you. What's that? Oh, I thought I'm you were Googling, looking. For, I, I'm Googling being the delete, but I've just typed in being the elite, <laughs> being the delete. Sorry, I thought you were trying to get to our page. There it is. I've got it. Is it the is it a group? I, I, I don't know. Tell, tell, tell us what you're seeing. I'm seeing a post from Giles Harrison. What if Brock isn't just sitting at home, but he's somewhere in the universe defending the Universal Championship against aliens? <gasps> and then it's got a couple of shots of a confused man in a sort of popular meme format. Looks like a meme page, but then they've also 
shared the Brian Cage signs with AEW story. Mm-hmm. Was it was it from our sites? No, no, it was a screenshot from, from SoCal Uncensored. Not that one. Uh, oh, they've uh, a tweet from Cultaholic. They've taken a screenshot and also shared. Don't know who that is. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, we, honestly, the answer is we don't know. But if anyone listening has got a face page and they want to send in some advice to Owen and us, it would be greatly appreciated. Yeah, we're thinking about making it a more community-orientated platform yeah. where we do a few more live Q&As and stuff like that because as successful as those were on the YouTube channel, it's sort of... We don't, we don't want to put stuff on the YouTube channel that will annoy the casuals, yeah. as it were. People who just want the news and reviews. So we're thinking of moving the Ask Me Anything stuff to Facebook. Once our uh, new studio setup's finished, which is soon. Yeah, and when we say new studio, we don't mean... Because some people, when we said we were moving office, thought we were moving building. Oh, wow, no. So when well, we say that, st- that would make more sense. But no, we literally moved next door. Yeah, but we know when we're saying we're moving, stu- we've got a new studio, we're not leaving the studio that we're currently in. But... We're building a second studio that's going to have all of our new ScreenStock content. We've doubled as as space. That yeah. was one of the main problems. All the ScreenStalker s- stuff was on the Wrestle Ramble set. Now it's yeah. going to have its own bespoke environment. Indeed. But I think that is going to bring us to a close on this episode. Thank you all so much for listening. Please, if you've made it this far, go and tell your mates. If you've got wrestling friends that are looking for wrestling podcasts, tell them about this one. We know you're out there listening. Mm. But there's not as many of you as there was. So oh. we're, we're, I'm, I'm, I'm putting an appeal out for, for people to... Maybe if you know a friend that stopped listening, tell them to come back. It's still good. Yeah. It's, it's, still, it's okay. You're sounding desperate, man. I am desperate, man. I keep looking at those podcast stats and it makes me sad. Oh. So please go and tell your friends about this podcast and get them to listen and make my uh, life happy. It's a good job my, <laughs> other, it's a good job my other podcast is doing well. Um, better than expected mm. so that, that has raised Congratulations. my thank you that's raised my spirit somewhat anyway thank you so much for listening take care I love you goodbye hi I'm Daniel founder of Pretty Litter Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.